With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 13 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast here on NJ.com. And I'm Joe, here with Nick, here with Jordan. Uh, all the, the gang is all here. The whole band is here because this week, uh, our podcast, it was not just a normal July football podcast. This week, guys, uh, there's kind of a big story going on around the Giants. How are you guys doing this week? What's up? Are we sure Nick isn't like uh, broadcasting from China or something? Do we know this for a fact? <laughs> I don't know anything for a fact. I just know he's here with us. That's all that matters to me. I am I am in the United States on American <laughs> soil in my apartment. Here, here, ready to go. So you guys, we just come off the 4th of July weekend. I'm sure um, somehow, some way, fireworks are probably part of your 4th of July, whether you're watching them or not. Uh, for Jason Pierre-Paul, it was a little bit more than that. Uh, this is the biggest story in football right now, guys. Jason Pierre-Paul hurts himself pretty severely. Uh, let's go through all the layers of this. Um, number one, what do we know about what exactly the injury was to his hand? Well, here's what we know right now. We know his hand was severely injured. Uh, both hands, actually, were hurt. Uh, one of them is severely injured. And uh, it's believed that there's three fingers that were seriously affected. One, there's one in particular that could be the, the problem moving forward here. Uh, Aside from the skin, the skin on his hand was also uh, pretty much charred in, in, in some in some shape or form. So, uh, you know, we have a one very very severely damaged hand right now. As we tape this podcast, we're I believe about 36 hours removed from the incident, and he was still in the hospital as of this morning. Uh, the belief is that he's going to be there a couple more days. So, if you're spending at least several days in the hospital, two, three, four, five, six days in the hospital. This is a pretty serious injury. This isn't just, uh, you know, you burn your hand on the, on the stove kind of deal. This is uh, something that, that's going to be a problem, uh, you know, moving forward. Look, he can't go work out right now. He's not going to be able to go work out tomorrow. He's not going to be able to go work out next week. Uh, he, he's going to be out for a little while. He's going to be sidelined. Training camp starts in, what what is it, July 6th right now. So they're, they're due to report in 24 days, which is, you know, just over three weeks. Uh, he's not going to be able to work out in these next probably at least two, three weeks, maybe who knows how much longer. He's not going to be able to come and immediately engage with his hands with the, with defenders. So, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is going to be behind the eight ball if he is able to come back anytime soon in the first place. So, and, and even that seems to be up in the air at this point. The Giants, the one thing they've said, they haven't said much on this, is that right now they're, they're worried about his health and his long-term uh, 
his long-term health, basically, right now. So that, that pretty much shows you where everything stands. Yeah, it's a mess right now, obviously, for the Giants and, and for Pierre Paul. And, uh, you know, Nick, we were getting ready to tape this podcast, and, and you and I were just kind of bantering back and forth about and When they let these guys go for the summer, you know, for their month off before training camp, 24, 25 days now, as Jordan was just saying, I mean, I feel like the, the same message goes to every player, every team around the NFL. Just don't do anything stupid here. And unfortunately for the Giants, that's exactly what Jason Pierre-Paul seemed to do. Yeah, and he, and he may have cost himself a, a good chunk of money in the process. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's not really clear yet whether the Giants are going to rescind the the one-year franchise tag offer that they had on the table for uh, for Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, that was worth about fourteen point eight million dollars. Chose not to sign that. He didn't have to until July fifteenth. Um, and now it, it's it's being reported, according to Ian Rappaport of, of NFL, uh, the NFL Network, that there was a sixty million dollar long term offer on the table that is now uh, that's that the Giants have now rescinded, which is news to anybody who's been following uh, Pierre Paul's kind of free agent status this off season. It certainly seemed like there was they were kind of at a holding pattern, um, you know, whether with whether to to offer G, Pierre Paul that kind of money. Given his kind of roller coaster production over the last four seasons, yeah. Um, so look, ago, as of two months ago, we, there was nothing. So this obviously happened in the last two months. Right, right. So this is this is news to us as well. But uh, but more importantly for Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, the 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 Giants have every right to to pull that franchise tag off, or you know, forget about the contract extension for a second, because you know that we we don't know how you know how many years. He hasn't signed it. They can opt to pull it, uh, which would make him an unrestricted free agent. He could sign with any team he wants. But obviously the major caveat there is we have no idea the extent of, of Pierre Paul's injury, whether he, you know, is, is this going to keep him out for a couple of months? Is this going to keep him out for half a year, half a season? We have no idea. So I think the Giants are kind of in a wait-and-see mode. You know, they say the, the they're on the record saying this is you know that they're more most concerned about his well-being. They want to have their doctors uh, probably take a look at him at some point just to see you know what what's going on with his hand or hands. And uh, yeah, but but obviously not a good situation for Pierre Paul. Uh, you know, during the dead period, so to speak. I think what we do, what we can assume at this point is that hey, this is going to be something the Giants need to at least think about Plan B and Plan C. Because, uh, you know, to, to be able to say right now and to count on the fact that he's going to be back, he's going to be back from day one, he's going to be back for the opener, he's going to be back for training camp, uh, I think would be foolish. So it's time to start making those contingency plans. So whether that be Kerry Wynn, I think we saw one of them actually in, uh, whether that be Demontia Moore, we saw one of them in, in the spring, was when they moved Cullen Jenkins, the defensive tackle, they moved him outside to defensive end because the Giants were short on defensive ends. And I think that's an option they'll look at really strongly here uh, in training camp and moving forward, especially to stop the run on early downs is to use Colin Jenkins in, in JPP's spot. All right, guys, let's look at this from two perspectives. First, let's do the short term, and like you were just saying, Jordan, how do they replace him in the short term? And then we'll look at this, the whole thing from a long-term perspective and, and his career here with the Giants. From the short term, you mentioned Colin Jenkins, uh, Demontre Moore. I mean... First question before we talk about exactly who might play instead of him if they don't have him out there is can the Giants, you know, survive a long-term loss for Pierre Paul, whether it be two months, three months, if it affects him missing games in this season here, can this defense survive without him? Because it's not exactly a great defense even with him. 
I can Nick, answer that question. Yeah, I can answer that question pretty easily. No, they can't. I mean, quite frankly, Pierre Paul is there the one guy on that defense that you really worry about if you're an opposing offensive coordinator. You know, he's not a guy that that comes off the field and on running downs. He, you know, he's a three-down player. Um, and, and, yeah, he's really kind of the only true game-changer in that front seven. The linebacking core, kind of a little bit old. Uh, we don't really, you know, some unproven guys on, you know, in that starting core. Uh, the secondary, obviously, is completely unproven. So they're really kind of counting on that defensive line, and it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of those guys that, that you mentioned, you know, the Montre Moores, the Robert Ayers. The, these guys are going to have to, you know, significantly overachieve for the Giants to – to really improve, and, and let's be even more frank, for the Giants to make the playoffs this year, they're going to have to do better on defense than what they showed last year, and with Jason Pierre-Paul, I just don't see that happening. Or Look, without I'll Jason Pierre-Paul, I'll do this in way, in way fewer words and way simpler. Who do you, who has the most, besides Jason Pierre-Paul, what do you think the most sacks is on any other guy on this team in his career? In his career, I would say, yeah. what's the... What else do they have on this roster? What kind of do they have? They don't have enough. What's the most sacks anyone on this roster has ever had? Maybe Cullen Jenkins. Maybe had a double digit year once. Maybe. No, not even close. It's George Selvey with seven. Okay, seven. The best sack year of anyone else on this roster is seven. Okay, that's what that's what they have without Jason Pierre-Paul. They do not have another pass rusher anywhere near. And Jason Pierre-Paul, you could. You can even critique whether he's a great pass rusher, but he's already exponentially better than anyone else that's on the roster. I mean, maybe Demontre Moore can develop. I actually expect him to have a good year, uh, develop into a significant pass rusher. But, you know, that's what the Giants are dealing with. There's no other proven pass rusher on this roster besides Jason Pierre-Paul and nobody that can fill the role to the level that, that he was capable of doing. So what do they yeah, do? I mean, I'll, what do they do without him here? We're going to just see a combination of guys. Do you think they would go out there and and try to play Demontre more? You know, big snaps, big snap count to see if he could break out, or do you think they try to mix and match this thing? You know, if they don't have him, I can see them doing something something like a platoon. Um, you know, Demontre Moore is as as tantalizing as he can be as a pass rusher. He still has lapses, you know, in run support and. And, and doing some of the other things that the coaching staff has asked of him. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be they'll they'll probably have it's going to probably be an open competition going into training camp. Um, you know, depending on how long Pierre Paul is going to be out for who's going to be you know those replacements. They're going to have to take a committee approach because there's not one guy that can just step in and be that three down player. I don't. Think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I, I have my doubts about Oa contributing immediately. Uh, you know, the Giants have talked about him. You know. Hope, being a little bit on the raw side, especially as a pass rusher. Uh, and I'm not so sure. You know, they're not so quick. Tom Coughlin's not so quick to trust uh, young players. A uh, third-round pick who's considered pretty raw. I think Kerry Wynn actually has probably a leg up on Oa Ibigizua. Uh I also think that the likelihood, in my mind, that the best the way that I can see the Giants feeling it is some Cullen Jenkins uh, and rundowns, maybe goal line and and uh, short yardage situations at that right defensive end spot. Some carry win out there also, and then split with uh, with Demontre Moore. Because I agree with Nick. I just I can't see them trusting Demontre Moore on an every down thing. I could see him playing maybe 60% of the snaps, 65% of the snaps, 70 if it's a, if it's a real passing team. But they just don't trust him, in my opinion, enough against the run. And I, I'm not really sure I see that changing. Not that they 
they still can't find ways to use him effectively and enough. I think they can, but I just don't see them throwing him out there on first downs against the Dallas Cowboys and their power running, you know, the power running Dallas Cowboys out there. So, uh, you know, I think Kerry Wynn and Cullen Jenkins, in my opinion, will be the first two choices. Oa, Oa has a long way to go to be able to prove that he can get into that mix in training camp. Now, the op- it's still the potential still there. I just think that at this point, uh, it's unlikely, and he would have to beat out, Ke- uh, you know, George Selvey and Kerry Wynn, who are just, you know, who are bigger, you know, stronger guys at this point probably anyway. Although Oa is a big guy, but he, you know, probably more refined at this point than, than Oa, who uh, the Giants said after they drafted him. Kind of, they they kind of hinted that he, he would have to contribute his first year on special teams. Guys, how about from the long term perspective here? I mean, the Giants at Pierre Paul obviously had not come to an agreement on a long term deal, even though now it seems like there was one on the table at least recently. They have Pierre Paul didn't sign, but long term here, uh, they've had concerns about his health. They've had concerns about his weight. They've had concerns about you know consistency. Now you add this to the table. I mean, do you think this will severely impact? whether or not Jason Pierre-Paul remains a giant for the long term. I mean, let's say he gets healthy here and this isn't that big of a deal and he has an okay season and you know he's a good player again for them. But do you think this is the type of thing that can make them say, I don't know if we really want to commit to this guy long term? I think it was a problem yeah, beforehand was that whether you could trust him to hand him that kind of money. And I think this only further muddies that uh, – you know, that picture of whether they, they can do it at this point. And, and I think that's the biggest problem here. Can they trust him to do the right things once they hand him all this guaranteed money? You know, he was, he didn't, he, this reported offer was $30 million guaranteed in that range. And if he wasn't going to accept that, he wanted way more. Are you going to commit over $30 million guaranteed for a guy that you cannot trust uh, to do the right things on, on uh, more off the field, I think, than anything else? So, uh, that's a tough thing to do, and I, I think this definitely muddies the picture. And he's going to have a lot to, to – he has, first of all, the Giants have to sit down with him and talk to him and see what went on here and, you know, what was going through his head. And if, if they think that this is something that is, is worth investing in and something that's going to continue moving forward. So uh, I think the odds are at this point that this definitely hurts that, the, the chances that he signs a long-term deal with the Giants. What do you think, Nick? I would, I would agree with Jordan. I mean, I would think now this is the type of thing that would make me, if, if I'm Jerry Reese, if I'm you know, in the room there with the owners trying to make a decision on a long-term future with this guy, I'd have, a, I'd have major questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we know also that the Giants pride, you know, that kind of off-the-field uh, standing more than, more than other teams. And that, you know, JPP's always had kind of questions about, about his maturity in, the, in that respect. Um, he's never gotten any you know, any serious trouble, but um, obviously this is something that, that you got to be concerned about. Is he is he a guy like Jordan said that you want to hand you know thirty plus million in guarantees or or whatever you know he might fetch on the open market, um, you know, and 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 really make a significant investment. And I just don't I don't know if I don't know if he's that guy, and I don't know if if the Giants view him as that guy going forward. Um, whether this is the tipping point one way or the other, I guess we'll have to wait and see until we know the extent of the injury. Well, here's the problem, and this is what we were talking about before. They have no other player on the roster who is anywhere near that caliber of a performer, of a caliber pass rusher, you know? So they're almost get back themselves into a corner unless they see something. 
it's going to be hard not to re-sign him if he comes back and plays at anywhere near the same level as before, unless they see huge jumps from Demontre Moore or Oa, Oa Digizua. I almost don't want to pronounce his every name, his last name every time. But uh, you know, they need to see from one of those two guys a significant jump in order to be able to not make that commitment because they're backed into a corner. You need pass rushers in this league. If the Giants let him go, they don't have that pass rusher. So it's a real, it'll be a really tough situation if uh, neither of those guys come and, and really step it up this year. Guys, it is amazing. I mean, you look up the last couple of years, the Giants have been right at the bottom of the league in terms of losing players to injury. This offseason, they've lost uh, Will Beatty. They've lost Jason Pierre-Paul. Obviously, this was an accident. This wasn't a football thing. <laughs> but just the bad luck they've had, it, it's just startling the last couple of seasons. They can't keep a full team healthy. I mean, no one in the NFL can, but this is incredible. Yeah, Robert Ayers. Prince of Mukamara, Walter Thurman, those are like, you know, torn pectoral, torn bicep muscles in, in, in the, you know, the run of games. That, that's something that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much you can do to prevent that kind of stuff from it to happen, happening in games. And then you talk about this. It's, uh, yeah, it makes you shake your head and uh, wonder, like, what this team has to do. I mean, there's, there's other reasons for people to have to cast doubt on whether the Giants are doing the right things off the field to keep guys healthy. But when this happens, uh, there's really, you know, this is nothing, nothing that a, a training staff or medical staff could do about this. And don't forget Will Beattie also. I mean, talk about another rotten luck injury. I mean, the guy's just lifting weights and, and, and tears his pectoral muscles. So now you've got your, your franchise left tackle and franchise defensive end you know, both out for maybe a significant amount of time. We know a significant amount of time for Beattie, um, you know, due to just kind of freak accident injuries. Well, like, I don't know if you call Pierre Paul's a freak accident, but, you know, obviously rotten luck played, played a role one way or the other. Guys, how about the way JPP will now be received back into the locker room? I mean, I'm sure the coaches were just so upset. Tom had to be so upset when this happened. They wanted to get better, you know, just they don't want him to be hurt, his hand and the rest of his life, all that kind of stuff. But when he does get back, and he does get back healthy, I mean, do you think his teammates are going to be disappointed and upset with him, or are they just going to say, look, an accident happened, and, you know, that, what are you guys supposed to do about it? It was an accident. Or do you think deep down some guys are like, you've got to be kidding me, man. You're taking yourself off the field, and we need you. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think it matters. The, the locker room, look, first of all, let me tell you, anyone who was going to feed you that Jason Pierre-Paul was a, a real leader in that locker room, I don't, I don't, th- I don't ever think that was a serious, uh, that, that was a realistic thing. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is, you know, he's a little eccentric. He's out there. Uh, he's, he's a little cr- crazy, but not in a bad, a bad crazy way, not in like a, uh, you know, a bad guy crazy kind of way, just, you know, that's his personality. He he's he, he sits there and says he's not going to say anything about the Eagles the second time the Giants are playing him, and then when he walks away, he, he jokes, uh, I hate Philadelphia, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't like Philadelphia, I don't like anything about Philadelphia, like, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's, he's a, always joking and smiling and laughing, and, uh, you know, he's, he's out there a little bit. So I don't think guys in the locker room, we're probably that overly surprised about this kind of incident involving them, to be quite honest. Obviously, they don't want it to happen, and, and, and they don't want to see this something like this. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't think there was a he loses any respect, or this changes many opinions on JPP at this point. 
Nick, what do you imagine Tom Coughlin's reaction was when he got the phone call uh, sometime on Sunday? Oh, my God. I had visions of, of, of Coughlin screaming and, and throwing things across the room. I mean, I, you know, obviously, look, I, I'm sure Coughlin has affection for, for Pierre Paul, given the fact that they, you know, they've been together for, for four-plus years. But, um, you know, for, for, especially for Coughlin, who's, you know, bemoaned the, the, the injuries and, and trying to figure out what's, you know, what's been going on in that department for the last couple of seasons with the Giants – you just gotta bang your head against the wall. I mean, this is you know, it's not just you're not just losing you know one a defensive starter. You're losing a, a cornerstone. So potentially, I should say. But yeah, so I no, I can't imagine Coughlin was was too happy. I mean, look, if if you know if Pierre Paul, if if the prognosis is pretty good and he'll be able to hit the field sooner than than we all think. Um, then I don't think Coughlin will hesitate, you know, to put him in the starting lineup again. But you know, I'm sure he's he's sitting at home fuming and, and you know, kind of wondering what where where the message about staying out of trouble during the dead period got lost. Yeah, I think the compassionate Tom Coughlin probably comes out first, worrying about the health of his of, of the you know player on his team, and you know if this is a serious injury. But if you could just get an unfiltered reaction. Of Tom, what Tom Coughlin thinks about the whole situation, and have a camera on him and put him in a room by himself. I would pay a lot of money for that, to be honest with you. I think you and every Giant fan listening to this would want to see that. Guys, we'll wrap what up. Shade, hold on. What shade of red would his face turn? You think by the by the time uh, about thirty seconds into that? Well, what shade of I'm red? Thinking of, wanna, what shade of red was it uh, during that NFC title game in Green Bay when he was frozen? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, th I'm thinking a, a deep scarlet. That was, that was chapped uh... red, Joe. That was called chapped red. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that face he had that night. Uh, all right, guys, we'll end with this. Let, let's Fire go. engine red. That's a good one. Fire engine red. That was Tom last night. Fire engine red <laughs> as he got the news. So, you know, we get the news on, on Monday that Pierre Paul and the Giants, the NFL Network, had the report that there was a long-term offer. He obviously didn't sign it. That's way off the table now. We know that. But as far as the offer and what we know about it, it seemed like a pretty good offer from the Giants. I think it was semantics, though, this idea that there was a serious offer. I mean, that, that, but... Semantics, the report, if it was out there, if it was you know, exactly the way it says. But it seemed like it was a pretty good offer from what's being reported, uh, and he didn't take it. Are you surprised at that? Hey, they're I mean, they betting big. Go ahead, yeah, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean... You know, uh, Jordan wrote a good piece uh, not too long ago, kind of comparing what uh, what Cam Jordan for the Saints got, um, and it's actually close to you know maybe a, what what JPP's offer was. Um, we know the sixty million dollars. What's that? Sorry, I didn't hear same, you, Jordan. Same agency, same same uh, same agents. Uh, you know. Oh, same agent. Right. So there no, you go. Relativity. You know, Cameron Jordan and, and Jason Pierre-Paul just connecting the dots between the two there as you're talking about it. Right, right. So, so Jordan got a five-year, sixty million dollar deal, uh, about thirty-three or thirty-four million guaranteed. That's a pretty good offer. And, and if you look at Jordan and, and Pierre Paul's stats, uh, JPP has has one more season on Jordan, but they're they're pretty similar. So, you know, the fact that that JPP balked at that offer, if if that's truly what was on the table, is somewhat surprising. I mean, and it maybe indicates that he, he thinks he's you know he could have fetched. A lot more from from other teams or, or whatever, but I'm a little bit surprised he didn't he didn't take that deal. But obviously he's taking you know he decided it's worth taking a gamble on himself this year, you know playing under he was he was set to play under that franchise tag. 
and look, if he if he if he bested that this year, then maybe he would have gotten more than that, uh, you know, thirty four, thirty five million guaranteed or sixty million dollar uh, contract. But it's still, you know, in 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 football especially, where you know you really job security is just just quite frankly just doesn't exist because of the nature of the sport. It's a little bit surprising you left that much money on the table. I'd agree. I mean, look, sixty million. I I read the piece Jordan you wrote about the about Cam Jordan. That that seems like a good comp for him. And now. Uh, whether or not that was exactly on the table the way it has been reported, or it was you know kind of on the table and being discussed, it's it's off the table now. And now you know it's one year, and, and we'll see when he starts that one year. But quite a story for July. This is usually a, a quiet period, guys, but not so quiet for you. Yeah, well, well I'm supposed to be hanging at the beach. What is this? Come on, stay away from fireworks. <laughs> you know, I wrote I wrote in the in the Mid Giants mailbag, and I I don't know if you guys caught this, but. Uh, the first line in the Giants mailbag this week, which actually published on Sunday morning, was, I hate fireworks. I'm not into blowing my hands off. And then later that day, what do we find out about a Giants player, you know, basically getting close to blowing his hand off, apparently, with fireworks. It's just so foolish. Uh, I'm going on a little rant here, I know, but why people think fireworks, why they would like fireworks, uh, you know, the risk and reward seems so minimal to me. What, so you see a, a, a light in the sky and you go, ooh, ah, I mean, fireworks to me, you know, get rid of them. They, they, you know, let the, let the professionals do it, do it professionally. The rest of them, like, why, why anyone would want to do fireworks is, is, it just seems foolish to me. Well, I feel like every one of our Agreed. listeners right now who, you know, the majority, I have to imagine almost every one of them are New York Giants fans. They're, Jordan, if they didn't agree with you before, they agree with you now because they just lost their defensive end to a, just a ridiculous, ridiculous act. I mean, he's got to be smarter than that. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, if he's not under contract, but if he was, if the Giants would, you know, penalize him for his off-the-field actions in the first place, you know, I mean, this is just a absolutely, you know, you you don't want to say it's exactly what what uh we don't know if it's against the law or not, but but Plaxico did, but you know it, it is along those lines. I mean I, I don't think it's they're really they're not fully comparable, but the stupidity of the act I think is comparable. I agree. It, it's more than like, accidents happen, but it's the idea that like, Plaxico was carrying a gun in his sweatpants and JPP's holding fireworks in his hands. You just you have to be smarter than that on both of them. So I think they are comparable, even though it's kind of apples and oranges. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about the you know the fact that Plaxico was doing something that was against the law and it wasn't registered and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, just don't don't ha- don't you know carry a gun illegally and you and you and you don't light fireworks you know in your backyard when you're a professional football player and your hands are part of your well-being and it just it seems so foolish. I, I don't even I don't even know, I can't even comprehend why anybody would do that. It just doesn't make sense to somebody like me. I mean maybe I'm just too stupid to real to understand it, but uh, I, I don't know. I have to imagine here though the stupid one is not the three of us. <laughs> We're not the stupid ones at all this. We're talking about the guy who did you know something very stupid and yeah. unfortunately now the Giants have to deal with it. Yeah, actually I put the, the my fingers in my money makers yeah, so- one of the lines I put in that, that uh, mailbox piece this week. So uh, yeah, my you know his fingers are somewhat his money makers too, Jason Pierre Paul. I should realize that, or thought of it. He probably realized it. Should have thought of it before he went and, and did what he did. Yeah, I'm sure he realized it immediately afterwards. I'm sure that thought came to him. But by then it was too late, guys. This was 
Um, certainly not not the topic we expected this week's podcast to be about. Say, let me just say one thing, Joe. You know what? We talk about this and we talk about how stupid it is. I really hope he's all right, though. I mean, we want you don't want to see anybody get injured, and, and that overall health is obviously much more important than we're talking about a game of football and, and even money. I mean, these are, you know these are these are minimal things when you're talking about health. This is a guy with a, a infant child and a, and a fiance, and you know uh, supposed to have a long life ahead of him at 26 years old. You really hope there's nothing serious in regards to long-term health effects or anything, and you you hope he's okay. No doubt. Hopefully it gets better, and hopefully, you know, like you said, football aside, hopefully the, the report or the idea we heard of possible nerve damage, hopefully that is not part of this, and he can get back to being himself on and off the football field soon, and certainly the Giants are hoping the same thing. So next week, I guess, we'll get back to talking about, you know, football and get back to previewing camp and all that kind of stuff, but this week, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, he supplied the uh, material on this podcast. All right, guys, thank you for listening. This has been Episode 13 of Talk is Cheap.